Before we get today's episode started, I would like to thank Grace Marshall of the Rowan women's basketball team, along with DeAndre Vilmar of the Rowan men's basketball team, and of course, my right-hand man, Connor Brown of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Cue the intro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University Athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to yet another edition of the Rowan Sports Review right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. As always, I'm your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director Danny Ryan, as we get set for a terrific episode prepared for you all listening out there today. We're going to speak with Grace Marshall of the Rowan women's basketball team to talk about her accomplishments here with the profs, as well as DeAndre Vilmar of the Rowan men's basketball team, our very own Connor Brown had the opportunity to sit down in an exclusive interview with the profs forward. This past week in Rowan basketball action, both teams traveled to NJCU for a matchup with the Jersey City Gothic Knights, and both teams unfortunately came out of Jersey City with a loss. It was the first time both Rowan teams have been swept in a road doubleheader, or really any doubleheader at that, whether it be at home or on the road. The women's team losing 93-76 to on the road against their Gothic Knight counterparts, and the men's team losing on a half-court buzzer beater from Jason Battle of the NJCU Gothic Knights. Well, unfortunately, that half-court buzzer beater went viral. ESPN grabbed it that same night, threw it in. They had to show that clip on SportsCenter, and then it just so happened to make the number one spot in the SportsCenter Top 10, the following morning being Thursday morning. Not a great night for the profs. However, still 19-4 overall on the year. That loss is their first loss against a conference opponent the entire season. The profs sat at 15-0 prior to that improbable loss against the NJCU Gothic Knights, and I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back no problem. But diving into the Rowan women's basketball season so far, as I mentioned, they also tallied a loss against the NJCU Gothic Knights, 97-76. to It was their first loss in seven games. They rode a seven-game win streak heading into Jersey City. Unfortunately, it came to an end, but they're looking to pick back up right where they left off against Rutgers Newark today at 3 p.m. The women's basketball team will also be celebrating National Girls and Women in Sports Day as the second game of the home doubleheader. The first time the Profs have been back home in Glassboro for a doubleheader in two full weeks. They'll face the Rutgers Newark Scarlet Raiders, looking to get their record back on track in the NJAC standings, currently sitting at number three overall in the NJAC standings at 11-5, behind the 12-4 Kane Cougars and the 12 and 4 NJCU Gothic Knights. It's going to be a big weekend of basketball here in the borough and without further ado I'll send it over to my interview with Prof's co-captain and starting guard Grace Marshall. All right I'm here with Prof starting guard Grace Marshall as she gets set for a matchup tomorrow against Rutgers Newark and the Scarlet Raiders. Grace thank you for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So I want to start off real quick and just get a general question out of the way. What made you choose Rowan from an academic and an athletic standpoint? For academics, I've always wanted to be a teacher, and that's my major elementary education. And Rowan has always been known for having a great education program. And then athletics, I just really loved Coach Poles, and I got to meet one of the girls when I was 
an incoming freshman and she was very welcoming. Uh, so not only was it the people who were involved in athletics, but Rowan Athletics gives you an opportunity to excel on and off the court and just gives you a lot of experiences, life experiences, basketball experiences. And, you know, you kind of you just learn a lot from being here and being a part of the team. Was there anything that really stood out to you during your visit to Rowan that really made you decide you wanted to go there? Um, I actually loved it all. And it's funny because I had an AAU tournament here when I was like 16. And I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about college at the time. I was just there to play and um, enjoy like my, you know, high school career. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came here for my visit, I, I really loved, I loved the campus. Um, and I really loved Coach Poles and his, you know, his idea of where he wants the program to be. That program has really worked out so far under uh, Coach Poles and under yourself and, you know, veterans like Nicole Mallard. And so far this season, you sit at 15 and eight after a slow start. I mean, you're coming off a seven game win streak that was recently snapped in your last matchup on the road uh, against NJCU. What do you think has been working lately for the team as a whole as you head into the final two games of the season? Kind of working together as a team in our winning streak. We were passing the ball more, just helping each other out, getting in position to help each other on defense, get the ball up when we get the ball. And I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that our time was winding down. We were in the second half of our season and we we wanted to change it around. We wanted to, you know, get these wins that we knew we were capable of. You're finishing out your fifth year here at Rowan, but your fourth season with the profs. And you've obviously had a lot of highs, some lows as well. What do you think will be your biggest takeaway from your time here at Rowan specifically? I think mm, winning the NJAC championship my sophomore year was definitely one of the highlights but I think overall just being a part of something that's bigger than me being part of this team and you know finding a second family outside of my family um, by being on this team and I want to backtrack to the question I asked second you know you guys are sitting at 15 and 8 currently currently third in the NJAC as you enter the final two games of the season and you mentioned you really just were playing more in unison much better team basketball are you confident that you can continue that heading into your final two games hoping to possibly I mean it's still possible to uh, pull the NJAC title away from Kane and I believe NJCU's in the second spot mm-hmm. yeah I think um, you know it's a bump in the road but it's it's definitely there for us. We we can see it. And I think even though it was definitely a tough loss, and I know that it, it definitely hurt all of us, um, I'm hoping it'll make us stronger, and I hope it makes us come together. I think that it's 100% possible for us to continue playing as a team, get back on track, and just play our game to be successful. And I want to talk a little bit personally now. Recently, you hit a career milestone just three days after your teammate Nicole Mallard hit that same milestone with it being the 1,000 career point milestone in college. You also had that milestone in high school. Same thing with Nicole. Take me through what that experience was like and what your mindset was like heading into that game. Well, that game, for me, it was a big game. So I honestly kind of put the thousandth point in the back of my head because I knew that we had to focus on getting the win and playing our kind of basketball so that we can get that win. Um, But it was, it's an honor to get, you know, that miles hit that milestone. It, it makes me feel, you know, good because I do put a lot of work in it and I, I love the game of basketball. So 
I was happy and very humbled and very grateful um, for all the people who've helped me get to this point. Um, I'm also very proud and happy for Nicole because she also works hard. She loves the game and um, she was one of the best teammates I've ever gotten to play with. So it was really cool that we both got to do it within the same week. And, you know, it kind of, I think, you know, being my last year, it's something that I'll always like cherish that I was able to do it. And I saw in uh, the Wit article written by Caraguno that when you hit the thousandth point, it was a layup and you kind of just kept going. You wanted to win the game and yeah. you, you stayed locked in. But you heard the cheers in the crowd. I mean, what was that like that you had to hit it on the road? It was un- <laughs> unfortunate, but you would have liked to hit it here in Glassboro. But overall, just what was it like to hit it in that road atmosphere? Yeah, it, it was funny because it didn't stop. The ball was thrown right in and I kind of like kept a straight face because I was getting right onto the defense. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same as like Nicole. She got got it at home, but it's still, I was still happy and so grateful that it happened. So it kind of, you know, almost doesn't matter where mm-hmm. it happened, when it happened. I'm just, I'm, I'm very grateful that it did happen. Well, congratulations on your 1,000 points in a row in uniform. Very, very big accomplishment. Speaking of Nicole Mallard, you and Nicole have led the way for the profs all season as two of the three team captains. You also sit at second on the team in points, averaging just about 10 per game with Nicole, averaging 11.5 in the number one spot. How confident are you that Nicole and yourself can lead this young profs team to a deep NJAC tournament run? I, I would say, you know, definitely I have that confidence in us to be leaders, but I also would say our team, they work hard. And so we're able to do well and, you know, kind of lead because our teammates are backing us up 100%. They're right there by our sides. Yeah, I hope that as we continue with the rest of the season going into playoffs, we kind of keep this mindset that we have to be aggressive. We have to get into the paint, um, kick out, just work as a team and, you know, have this mindset of we have to score. Because I think earlier on in the season, our, you know, our offense and maybe even our defense, we were just kind of hesitant. And we finally got into this, you know, this rhythm of, let's be aggressive, let's score, let's play defense to the point where they turn it over and we score. So I think that we're going to continue that. Both the men's team and the women's team have just been on fire as of late. You both suffered unfortunate losses at NJCU, and, well, the men's loss was pretty crazy. I don't know (laughs) if you saw the clip. It made, obviously, ESPN and everything. Um, But obviously you've shown the resiliency to bounce back from something like that and to be able to overall just come back and and play as a team like you said and that all leads back to coach Poles and you mentioned him earlier Mm -hmm. you really like the message that he put across and game in and game out coach Poles he wears his heart on his sleeve making his passion for the game evident at all times what has your experience been like under coach Poles and what would you say is the most important thing you've learned from him throughout your collegiate career um, oh my gosh, that's hard because he he's taught me so much and I've learned so much from him. He has so much experience and he really does share it all with us. I would say maybe the most, our defense will always lead to scoring points. He really emphasizes the importance of defense, you know, sliding our feet, locking down, um, playing help defense if we need it. Yeah, and just how our defense will always lead to offense. And what has been your favorite memory during your time here at Rowan, whether that be on the court or off of it? Oh, my favorite memory, I think, again, would probably be winning the NJAC championship my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicole said the same exact thing. I mean, it's it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to beat that. You can't really top an NJAC championship, especially when you're, it's your first yeah. few years in the program. So, 
All right, well, I don't really have much left for you. I just really want to pick your brain and see what's next for Grace Marshall once your time here at Rowan comes to an end. You're in your fifth year. As I mentioned, though, it's your fourth season because of the 2020 season being canceled. What's next for you? I think, you know, I'm an elementary education major. I'm working on an ESL cert. Um, So I'm very, you know, passionate about that. Um, So I could definitely see myself getting into the education field, um, maybe even coaching. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, part of me maybe would love to go overseas and play professionally. Uh, I know Coach Poles has some connections and um, I would love to, you know, see if that was a possibility for me. And what are the chances of that? I mean, that's some pretty big stuff you just threw out there. What are the chances that you actually do go overseas to play professionally? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of been on my mind for, you know, definitely this year, maybe even like past years, just cause I don't want to stop playing yet. You know, like mm-hmm. I've been playing for 15 years now and it's something that I love almost more than anything, but I guess I'll just have to see how it goes. If any opportunities come my way, definitely want to like give it a try, but yeah, I just got to see how it goes. Yeah, I totally get it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if your career does end at Rowan, you've still had a terrific career, not only in high school, but here at the collegiate level. And I'll leave you off with this. Basketball, Mm -hmm. obviously, has been your love for, like you said, 15 years. You just fell in love with the game. What made you fall in love with the game of basketball? Was there one distinct thing and one distinct factor? Yeah, I think the day that I fell in love with it was when I was in sixth grade, I went to an open gym at my my high school, but I was in sixth grade and, um, my, my high school coach, he really was just so enthusiastic, so passionate. He made the game fun for me. So it was just really the way that he presented the game to me in a different way that I had already seen growing up. Um, and that kind of made all the difference. Well, Grace, I don't want to take up any more of your time. (laughs) I really appreciate you, uh, making some time out of your day to, do this interview over here at Rowan Radio, and I wish you the best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much. Once again, that was Grace Marshall's starting guard on the Rowan women's basketball team here at Rowan University. The profs are 15-8 and eight so far this season, 11-4, 11-5 in NJAC play, and they're looking to compete for an NJAC title if they can win these last two games of the season. I sure hope they can. It was really a great interview with Grace Not only is she a great basketball player, but an even better person. So once again, Grace, if you're listening to this, thank you for taking some time out of your day to do the interview with us here at Rowan Radio. With that being said, we're going to take a quick step off and head to break. But when we come back, we'll swing things over to Connor Brown's exclusive interview with props starting forward DeAndre Vilmar to get his insight on the men's basketball team so far this season. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Rowan Sports Review right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. favorite part of a TV show or movie is the soundtrack, then the Sunday matinee is a dream come true. I'm Ellen Hardy, and I'll be there for you every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. to bring you the best of television and movie soundtracks together into three hours of pure awesomeness. So don't you forget about me and the Sunday matinee every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. only here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other and build family memories we will carry with us forever. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. It's easy. Just put in your zip code to find family-friendly outdoor destinations near you. You'll also find guides to free activities, games, and amazing forest facts. Give the magic of the outdoors to your kids and reconnect with your family. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to the second half of the Rowan Sports Review right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. We have yet another interview to get you to. If you heard me before break, I mentioned that we'll be coming back with an exclusive interview with Prof starting forward DeAndre Vilmar. Our very own Connor Brown had the privilege of interviewing DeAndre this past Friday. Take it away, Connor. So on today's edition of the Rowan Sports Review, I am joined with Dre Vilmar of the Rowan men's basketball team. Uh, Dre, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, you know, I can't complain. I'm a little busy on Fridays. I got a, a double and I do a early bird special show in the morning. So I'm a little, little tired, but, you know, I could be doing a lot worse things. You know what I mean? Hey, I understand. I know how that go. All right. So kind of want to rip off the Band-Aid off the bat. Your guys' last game... <laughs> <laughs> it went viral, it, yeah. to say the least. Um, un- unfortunately, uh, you guys were on the wrong side of that. Mm. Been having a tremendous season, but I, I kind of wanted to go, th- you know, wanted you to take me through what happened at the end of that NJCU game. Uh, I just want to say bad officiating. Like, hats off the NJCU for making uh, them two big shots. But I feel like it should have never got there. Like, you saw the ball was tipped on the inbounds. The clock should have started when the ball was tipped. Uh, he initially walked on the inbounds. The, they shouldn't even got the inbound the ball when he did that. So I feel like the rest missed out on that, and it cost us. But, like, sh- sh- you know, shout out to them for making it. Somebody had a praying mother. <laughs> Somebody. So he made that shot. So that's, like, shout out to them. But, and... Mainly, it was just on us. We just didn't do. We just didn't do what we were supposed to do. Like coming into the game, like it should have never got to that. So I, I, I put a lot of blame on us. So, what are some of the things in that game that you guys didn't do that you've been doing all season that's been resulting in wins? Uh, what What didn't you do? Uh, we We didn't follow. The, like we normally have a game plan. We stick to it. And I feel like we didn't stick to our game plan. We let we let them bring us down to their level, like the technicals, the ejections, like stuff like that. They brought us down to their level. We normally keep our composure and know we're the better team, but we we didn't act like that that night, and it result that that was the result of us not acting like that. Was that uh, kind of uh, Coach Crispin's message after the game, not playing down to a lesser team's level? Yeah, that was his message before and after the game. So, like, before we got in the game, he was like, for them to win, they're going to have to drag us down to their level for them to win. That's not us. 
And you know We fell for it We let them drag us down We lost So that was his message The whole time And that's been his His message throughout the NJAC You know Don't let people bring us down We we have bigger goals Than the NJAC And so we can't play To that level We need to come out And succeed every night Like doing what we know How to do And staying true To our game plan So I mean You guys have a Tremendous record On the season You're 19-4 and 51 in conference But then you go Through those losses I mean Three of them Have come by one point And that uh, The other loss to make it four was by three points. Mm. So all your losses have been very close. This one particularly was, was you would say, pretty demoralizing, right? Yeah. So how do you rebound from a, a, a finish like that, a, a miracle ending that's not, it can't be replicated unless you, you write it in the Hollywood script, yeah. heading into Saturday's game against Rutgers Newark? Uh, we just got a next game mentality. Like, we don't really harp on our losses. Like, we, it's probably like a day or two, and then we get over it because we know, like, it's it's regular season right now. Like that was a regular season game. So at the end of the day, like it, it doesn't affect our playoff spot or anything like that. We're still going to host. Like you know, they mm-hmm. they haven't been winning. They needed a win, man. So like if it had to be against us, I'd rather lose now than lose later. So like we don't focus too much on losses like that. For us, our, our losses, like I want to say, like Mar- uh, Maryville was the only team that actually beat us, like by three or four. Every, all the other games were by buzzer beaters like we just don't lose games you know mm-hmm. like but Maryville was the only team that actually beat us so like we're not f- focused on like a buzzer beater win or anything like that we just focus on what we need to do so we don't get in that situation again so what are you what are you looking to do on, on Saturday against Rutgers Newark what, what's what's the game plan headed into that one Rutgers, uh bounce back man we we gotta beat them handily like yeah we gotta make a statement because that loss i'm not gonna lie the loss like you feel it like you wake up you see the videos so like i'm sorry for ruggers newark but it's just gotta be them i'm sorry but yeah no i mean i, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't want to be them right yeah, now especially want to be them yeah because i mean it, it's not to take away from you know what you guys have done this this year it's, it's been tremendous it was just you know a very unfortunate moment that was was, was caught on camera you, you know what i mean yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't overshadow the body of work that you guys have put in you know so far this year i kind of want to ask you know some personal questions about you too um i, went, I was going through your bio and you, you're originally from the uh, bahamas yeah abaco bahamas wow so just like take me through your journey of you know growing up in a different country and then coming here to pl- you know play basketball it's just uh like growing up in the Bahamas is so slow paced and then you you move to America is so fast paced like and then that's that's primarily the reason like I pr- primarily the reason I came over is like to play basketball so like it's just a different talent level and like you know Americans just, they just take sports so seriously like mm-hmm. I didn't you know, I didn't realize the importance of it and like what it could do for me and like where it could take me. So it, it's just a different way of life. Like you guys just live differently than we do. So it's like it's definitely a learning curve and like adjusting to the culture shock. Like it's it's like two different lifestyles. So like, um, but I could say like just being from the Bahamas it helped me. Like I came over here with a chip on my shoulder. Like if you watch me play now, you still see the chip on my shoulder. So I feel like I don't know. Just being from the Bahamas, that's. That's my like distinguishing factor being from there because it is, it made me who I am and like the people that everybody loves like it's because I'm from the Bahamas. So you you uh, you, you were there all, all the way up until you were 18. No, I was uh, I moved from the Bahamas when I was about uh, 13, 14, like around there. So like my like all my childhood memories is from the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and then like my teen years, like I I moved to Delaware, then I moved to Jersey. So like. Like my teen years, yeah, I would want to say I like I spent most of my teens 
in New Jersey. What prompted the move from from the Bahamas, you know, to the states? Did you have family over here already? Uh, yeah, I had an uncle over here uh, who uh, his wife was in the Air Force and they were stationed in Dover, Delaware. So that's kind of and then you know him and my dad was like real close. So he was just saying like you know if Dre want to be serious about basketball, then we should just move him over here because the resources, you know, America is the line of opportunities. So that's part of the reason like I moved because like just to put myself in a better position like education wise and basketball with basketball, just you know being in America like y'all just have resources that the Bahamas doesn't. So like that's the main that's the main reason I came over here just for the resources, you know, a chance to like just have a better life. Stylistically, what what's the differences between playing basketball in the Bahamas and then in the States, is it more, is it more similar to American basketball or is it more similar to, you know, uh, European basketball? It's more, I want, I want to say it's more similar to American basketball. Cause I want to say Bahamas is Americanized, mm-hmm. you know? So like, cause that's, that's everybody's dream. I feel like when you're growing up in the Bahamas, your dream is to like, you know, go to America and do big things. Like that's always been my dream. So like the Bahamas and America, they kind of correlate. I want to say in, in the stylistic element with basketball, I don't want to say it's nothing like the Europeans. Gotcha. Like they they have like they got their own style, and I feel like they're the only ones that could do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean uh, the reason why I asked, and it's not even a great example because I mean he's playing terrible right now. Was um, I listened to uh, Ben Simmons sit down with JJ Redick, and he was kind of explaining how his playing style originated from playing in Australia and how how they play different. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of curious if there's any you know differences. But I would the only difference is I would say any like most of the players that come from the Bahamas like they just hard hard nose like they tough like they tough guys like because we might not be the most skilled because like we didn't like growing up like in the Bahamas you don't have like. When I came to America, my uncle, he was there, like, yo, y'all going to the gym two, three times a day, y'all doing this, that, like, you know? In the Bahamas, you don't have that. You wake up, and it's like, if you want to do it, you do it. If you don't want to do it, you do it. We came over, like, everybody that come from the Bahamas, they're just tough, like, yeah. they just have that grit in them. Would you say your uncle has had, like, the most influence on you today as a player or and just also as a person, or is there someone else, too, who has had a major influence in your life Who's gotten you to the point where you are now? I would say I wouldn't say my uncle is the major influence, but he 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 showed me the way. I would say that coming in, he was like, if you wanna you wanna be good, you wanna make it, you you need to work out mm-hmm. this much times a day. You need to put in this amount yeah. of work. But like far as like anybody I could like lean on anything, I just want to say my support system, my family, like me moving to New Jersey, my aunt, her taking me in, and you know, she she basically she basically just showed me like. Some things you just got to do on your own. So, like, and, and I was driven. So, like, I can't really give credit to anybody. I can, but I can't because, like, I don't know, man. I've I just yeah. been driven my whole life. Like, this is something I want to do. Like, nobody has to tell me, like, DeAndre, wake up. You need to, yeah. like, I'm going to take initiative because, like, this is all I really know. So, I can't, I don't even know. I don't want to sound cocky, but, like, I, I wake up every morning myself and push myself, you know. No, I, I totally understand that because if you watch – you play. I mean that. That's the main takeaway. I mean, definitely driven. You're, you're a high motor. What would you consider your role on the team is? My role on the team is to lead. You know, like on and off the court, like even in and out the game. You know, Coach Crispin always like he look at me and say, "Way to lead these guys. You got to lead these guys." Connor, me and Connor talk. He texts me and say, "You know, when I talk, everybody listen." Like I, it's always a good text I get from Connor Dickinson. Like every time Connor texts me, I feel good about myself because like. That's a good guy. So, like, so I want to say it's just to lead, you know, 
Like, I know when it's my days to score. I know when it's my days not to. I know it's when my days to play defense. I know it's my days to be a passer. It's just, like, doing whatever I need to do uh, for us to win. I feel like I'm that guy. Like, whatever we need to do, I'm going to do it. Like, it doesn't matter because I'm I'm very selfless. So all my sacrifices is for the team. So I'm willing to do whatever it is that I have to do for us to win. Yeah, and I definitely think you're selfless, too. And I, I don't necessarily think that you're overlooked or anything like that. But are, are there any other players, you know, on the team that are, you know, quote unquote, overlooked or maybe their value doesn't show up in, you know, in the final box score? That's easy, man. Damian Smith. <laughs> like, that's Dame is a dog, man. So, like, it might, like, some days Dame will have, like, 20 points and then some days he might have zero. But even if he has zero, like, he's guarding the best player. And if I'm not guarding the best player, then Dame is, you know. Mm-hmm. And Dame's getting us extra possessions, like, steals, rebounds like he's doing all the dirty work you know and he don't never he don't get the credit he deserves but and you know he's such a quiet kid like he come in every day do the work he don't never you know he don't cause nobody no problems he do what he's supposed to do he listens and you know some people may not see that but like if you really watch it watch the game and you be around our team you know like you know he's one of the reasons we win and he does a lot that doesn't show up in the box score but like if he's not there it will show like because we need that from him and we need that to be successful. So, like, I would say, you know, shout out to Dame. Like, he's been going hard since since I met him. He's still going hard. So, and that's somebody that's going to be successful in life on and off the court. Like, you just see some people who got it. Like, you know, he's driven. He's, he's one of those guys, like, that's going to be successful. So, I, I see you got the Louis bag on right now. And, I mean, you <laughs> definitely have a good fashion sense. You, you got a good, you know, fit going on. How you going to say I got the Louis bag on right now? <laughs> well, I want to ask you, you know, you obviously have great fashion sense. Who on the team ha- has terrible fashion sense? Terrible fashion sense. Um, terrible fashion sense. I don't know. I kind of like my team. When my team step out, everybody step on. Yeah, I'd probably say the managers or something like that. <laughs> I can't say my team. Every time my team step out, they you know they they step. All right, then who's someone that like you know you, you see him wearing something? You're like, all right, that that's pretty cool. I I might want to wear that. Uh, probably stretch, man. Stretch, stretch not the dress. He he's stylish. Like you know, stretch. He do a lot of like the off colors or like you would think this don't match. Like mm-hmm. he like I'll try put it on, but it won't look right. But stretch and <laughs> put it on and it look right. I'm like how. You know, so Stretch got it. Like, you know, he know he know what to do. This is kind of my final question for you. I might have a, a follow-up after this, depending on how it goes. But, um, you know, what do you think this team's ceiling is? You're heading into the end of the season. You're 15-1 in conference. More than likely going to be heading into, you know, the NJAC playoffs as, you know, one of the top seeds, potentially looking to win, win the conference and going into the NCAAs. I, I know it's it's a next game at a time mentality, but, you know, what, what do you think the team's ceiling is? Uh, I'm going to say the team ceiling is, is like at the beginning of the year, we all sat down like with coach and we wrote down what we want to do. Like we wrote it down on the board and every day we look at it. So it's always been bigger than the NJAC for us. Like the NJAC, like we expect and deserve to win the NJAC because like we put in the work, you know, every day. Uh, a lot of us stayed on campus. We worked out all summer just like amongst ourselves, just policing ourselves, you know. So I feel like we deserve to win Dan Jack. We should win Dan Jack, but like it's bigger than that. We want to make the tournament and have a good run, you know, like that Cinderella run. I feel I see it. In, I see it in our future. You know, I, I got a praying mother. I got a praying aunt. I got a praying family. I'm a praying mom. So like I've been praying for that. 
And I feel like we're going to make a big run in the tournament and, you know, shock a lot of people because I feel like we're the only team like us in the tournament. All those other teams, like the private schools, they all kind of play like like we have a style, like we change it up every game. You you don't know what you're going to see, you know, because at the end of the day, we got people that can play basketball and like we got a lot of dudes. And I feel like when it's time to for tournament, I feel like we're going to propose a threat that people haven't seen. So I feel like that's how we're going to make our run and, you know, do well. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for you today. Dre, thanks again, and uh, good luck in your next game against Rutgers North. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. That was Connor Brown in an exclusive interview with Prof starting forward DeAndre Vilmar straight from the Bahamas as he contributes for this Rowan men's basketball team at the highest level. Really, one of the most important players on this basketball team for Rowan, and a huge reason as to why they're 19-4 and overall and 15-1 and in conference play. Next up, as you heard Connor say, the men's basketball team will tip things off for the home doubleheader in Glassboro. First game tipping off at 1 p.m., it's the Rowan men's basketball team versus the Rutgers-Newark men's basketball team. Following the conclusion of that game, it will be the Rowan women's basketball team versus the Rutgers Newark women's basketball team with that one scheduled to tip off at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, you can hear live play-by-play coverage right here on the station for the music and the sports that matter. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. Channel One. That will just about do it for today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you tuning in and listening all the way through. As always, you can hear the Rowan Sports Review every Saturday at 10.30 a.m. right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. And wherever you find your podcast, just search up Rowan Radio Sports, and that's where you can find the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again. Have a great rest of your weekend, and of course, go Birds! Bring home that trophy, Philly! You've been listening to the Rowan Sports Review on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2 for more recaps, interviews, and previews of upcoming Rowan University games on your home for Rowan Prop Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.